Welcome to the Cornerstone Church Podcast, where you can hear messages from our church that will directly impact your life. Our hope is that by listening to God's Word, your life will be transformed by the power of His truth. To learn more about our church, visit cornerstonebv.org. Here is another message from Pastor Jamie at the Cornerstone Church. How are we doing? So last week, we got off to a really good start of um, the greatest stories ever told. Uh, we talked about how those are uh, Jesus stories, and they're called parables. And um, parables are fictional stories, but they, they're realistic, so they're not, they don't have talking, uh, you know, aliens or animals and things like that. Um, they, they feel like they could happen. And they always are, are told for a, a moral, or in Jesus' case, certainly a spiritual point. And we got off to a, a really good start because we talked about how uh, Jesus really was bringing the kingdom of God. And, 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 and the first one we looked at was the parable of the soils, right? And we had the seed. You guys remember that, right? <laughs> Again, two weeks in a row, you get hit with seed, right? And, um, and our poor custodian has to, you know, vacuum them up. But so, uh, you know, we, we looked at not just seed, but we looked at how the seed in that story represents the gospel, right? The, that when the gospel gets put upon hearts, then the different hearts, and we looked at how it receives the gospel. Well, today, tonight, we're going to look at another story Jesus told where there's seeds, but it's not the gospel. These seeds are people that he sows, people who are in Christ, Right? But he's going to say in the story, all this intrigue is there's this enemy who's going to come and he's also got seed, but it's bad seed. In fact, it, it's going to sprout up weeds within the wheat, the parable of the wheat and weeds. Now, I, I, before I came here, I see this all over my yard and I'm assuming it's a weed. I know Vicky told me it's goldenrod or something like that, but she also gave me a history of how it doesn't really give you allergies, et cetera, et cetera. So don't worry if you get allergies. Um, but the whole idea of me not knowing whether or not this is a weed is why you would never want me taking care of your garden. Like, if someone ever said, hey, Jamie, I need to take care of my garden for a season, you know what I would do? I would, like, let it all grow, and then at the end say, all right, that looks like it's got vegetables or flowers, and I'll get rid of the other stuff. And essentially... That's what we're going to see the strategy is in Jesus' story. Let it all grow, and we'll sort it out at the harvest. So let's, let's pray and, and just ask for the Lord's word to come to bear. Father, I, I thank you for our worship time and music and time of, of prayer and, and just grateful for your word. And I pray that you would, through your Holy Spirit, bring it to bear in our souls, our hearts, wherever we're at, Lord. You have people here in great seasons you have people here in this room right now in struggles and everywhere in between. And, and Lord, you know what we need, and I pray that you would give it through your truth tonight. And you would use me as your vessel. It wouldn't be my words, but yours through your word of truth. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Um, so, you, uh, uh, we started out, and we're going to be there next week as well, a grouping of parables in Matthew chapter 13. So I'm going to actually put... Um, those up on the screen, but if you did bring your Bibles, it's Matthew 13, and we're going to start in verse 24, right? So what we talk about, these are in Matthew, these are the parables of the kingdom. It kind of talks about the kingdom of God and how Jesus, he brings, when he was born, he says the kingdom is here, that, that he brings the kingdom. He is the king, 
right? And yet, so the parables not only tell us about the beginnings, the parable of the sower, but also tell us about the nature of the kingdom. What is the kingdom? What is it like? And it also talks about as citizens of the kingdom, and if you're a believer in Christ, in Christ you're a citizen of the kingdom, living here in this world, how do you live as a citizen of the kingdom? Of, of that kingdom. And the parables also tell about the coming when, all, when it all comes to fruition of what Christ promised. And we're going to see that even in our story today. All right, so, so um, remember, uh, if you were with us last week, he was teaching to crowds. But then he explains it to the individual disciples. He's going to do that again. I love it when he does that. Jesus makes my job easier when he explains it, right? And so uh, let's, let's start in verse 24. He put another parable before them. So that's Jesus before the crowds. If you, if you remember on that slope, the Sea of Galilee is behind him. And he says this. The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while his men were sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. So you get that so far? There's a farmer Right? And he comes and he's going to plant a wheat field, a harvest of wheat. And, and he, so he sows all that seed and all that, right? And, and then uh, and he has servants that help him, right? We'll see them later. And then they, they go to sleep and you already see under the cover of darkness, while everyone's uh, sleeping, you get this, this enemy. For whatever reason, he hates the farmer and he hates the wheat and he wants to destroy it and corrupt it, right? So he comes in and, and he, when, when no one else is awake and he, and he gets this and he knows this is a specific kind of uh, weed and he gets it so it can corrupt the wheat harvest, right? So already, see, to you and I, unless you're a farmer, this is like, yeah, it's a nice little story, but his, his audience, many of them were in agriculture and they're like, Oh my gosh, why would someone do that, right? And so they're intrigued. What is, what is he saying? What is this story all about? Verse 26. So when the plants came up and bore grain, then the weeds appeared also. And the servants of the master of the house came and said to him, Master, did you not sow good seed in your field? How then does it have weeds? Right, so notice it took a little time. We're going to get to that. But it took a little bit of time for them to notice. As they grew up and they get, came time to getting closer and closer to harvest, the servants go out in the field and they're like, wait a minute, this is, there's wheat, yes, but then there's all these weeds as well. Like, that doesn't happen by accident. And so they go to the, the, their master, like, what do, you, what do you think happened, right? And so the farmer knows. He said to them, an enemy has done this. This is where the crowd would go, boo, you know, something like that. So the servant said to him, then do you want us to go and gather them? Because they feel bad, right? They're like, sir, master, like what, what happened here? He's like, some enemy must have come in and sown these weeds within the wheat. And so they're like, okay, well then let's try to do something to help you out. We'll go and we'll pick out the weeds. We'll go weed the, the harvest, right? And, and, and that sounds like, you know, a, a, a good plan, but... That's not what the master wants them to do. But he said this, No, lest in gathering the weeds, you root up the wheat along with them. So the farmer has the same strategy that I kind of had, right? Except for a better reason. But, and we'll get to that in just a second. I'll show you a picture of what we're dealing with here. But, um, but the farmer's like, no, because if you go, see the harvest of wheat is not ready yet. You can pick it now, it's going to die. 
So he's like, if you go and you pick up the, the, the weeds, you're going to pick up the wheat and it's going to die. We can't have that. So let's let it all grow, right, and, and, and we'll wait. He says this, let both grow together until when? The harvest. And at harvest time, I will tell the reapers, gather the weeds first and bind them in bundles to be burned, but gather the wheat into my barn. So that's a strategy that he has. All right, so I want to show you this, this picture here, okay? And, and on the right, you see a, an ear close to harvest time of wheat, right? On the left is the weed that they're most likely talking about. Okay, and it's a weed that looks extremely, uh, especially early on in its life, uh, a lot like wheat does. Okay, and and it's a weed actually with the name of, and I was kidding with my brother Darnell here. It's uh, he wasn't named after this though. He was quick to tell me, but it's actually called Darnell. So I texted Darnell and said, "I don't want you to think I'm calling you a son of the devil because I'm not." All right, and he was quick to text me back a history of his name that has two L's. The weed only has one, all right? His name means closest to God, something like that, so better. But it's called Darnell, and it's a weed that looks, you can see it, but as it gets an ear, it's smaller, and you can start to differentiate. A farmer will look and go, no, 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 that's not weed. And the problem with that weed is it's poisonous, right? That if you actually took it all and said, ah, the heck with it, we'll just make, you know, bread out of this. People could die or get incredibly, incredibly sick by this. So you have to get rid of it. But the problem is that they, when they're growing together, their roots intertwine. And so that's why the farmer's like, no, no, no. If you pull up the weed, right, you're going to also pull up the wheat, and the wheat's not ready yet. It's not harvest time. So instead he says, let's wait. Harvest time comes. It's time to pick the wheat anyway, so the roots will pick them anyway. We'll pick it all, and now you can differentiate. And he says, we'll roll up, you know, we'll bundle up the, 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 the um, weeds and we'll throw them in the fire and the wheat we'll put in the barn. Make sense? So this story, right, he, he tells us to the crowds, but I'm going to skip ahead. Uh, there's some other parables mixed in here that we're actually going to deal with next week, but I'm going to skip ahead to Jesus' explanation of this. And this is, um, they go into a house. So again, he gives the, the crowds, the parable, he gives his disciples the explanation. It says, then he left the crowds and he went into the house. And his disciples came to him saying, explain to us the parable of the weeds of the field. Notice how they didn't say the wheat of the field. I don't know why they're thinking so negatively. <laughs> half glass, uh, glass half empty, I guess, there. And so they want an explanation. And, and uh, Jesus answered them. He says, the one who sows the good seed. So he starts to give, okay, here's what the story means. The one who sows the good seed is the son of man. The field is the world, and the good seed is the sons of the kingdom. All right, so he's giving, bringing them back to the story. He says, remember the farmer, right? That's the son of man. Now, that's the name that Jesus most often gave to himself, right? And so he's saying, I am the farmer, and the seed that I sow, right, are who? Sons of the kingdom. So these would be those who are in Christ. These who have put their faith in Jesus Christ, they are sons of the kingdom, and they are the wheat, right? And, he, and all over the world, as we know today, not just America, but all over the world, there's believers in Jesus Christ, right? And they are sown by Jesus. They don't turn themselves into uh, wheat, but Jesus does. Right? So he says, that's who, um, who the, uh, 
the, that part of the, the story, but now he's got to get to the enemy. And he said, the weeds are the sons of the evil one, and the enemy who sowed them is the devil, and the harvest is the end of the age, and the reapers are angels. So remember in the story, the enemy comes in under the cover of darkness where everyone's asleep and sows the weeds. Jesus says, that's the devil. That's Satan, a fallen angel who rebelled against God and his demonic forces, right? That there's the Bible's very clear. There's a real spiritual battle happening all around us. And, and all you got to do is just kind of be aware and you start to recognize it in, in many ways and places. And so Jesus, like, the, 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 the devil sows the weeds within the wheat. Right? All over the place. And he says that end, that harvest, is uh, the end of the age. When, when the kingdom comes to all the fruition, Jesus comes back, right? And the angels will be the reapers. And he keeps going. Verse 40. Just as the weeds are gathered and burned with fire, so will it, be, it will be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send his angels... And they will gather out of his kingdom all causes of sin and all lawbreakers and throw them into the fiery furnace. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father. He who has ears, let him hear. Do you remember that expression? So like we talked about last week, when Jesus says, he who has ears, let him hear, he's saying, wake up, listen to me. This is really important. Not physical ears necessarily, but spiritual ears. Hear me. This is sobering, sobering stuff. We could even say it's the only thing that really matters is understanding that there comes a day, a harvest, where those who are sons of the kingdom are gathered up and they are given to Christ in the kingdom and they will shine like the sun. They will reflect the glory of God. This beautiful picture. But then the sobering picture, when Matthew, um, Jesus used this expression, Matthew recorded a lot, weeping and gnashing of teeth. You see, hell is not a party. It's just not. Oh, I'm going to go there anyway. All my friends are going to be there, and we're going to party it up. No, no. Weeping and gnashing of teeth is all the goodness of God, all the common graces, no matter who you might be, how much you might mock God, you enjoy his common grace. The beauties of this world are from him. They're all gone. Any relationship with God, anything that is good, anything, it is away because they are not sons of the kingdom. It is where there is weeping and gnashing of teeth. This is the day of the harvest, right? And so when he says weeping and gnashing of teeth, eternal separation from God and outside of his kingdom. And so before we we kind of look at how that might apply to us. I wanted to really quickly give you a bonus story. And this is skipping ahead, same chapter, um, but verse 47. This is called the parable of the dragnet. Dragnet. Not the TV show. Some of you old people used to like the old show Dragnet. You're not that old because I remember it too, and I don't want to call myself old. The reason I wanted to give this to you is because it basically teaches the same point, but just a little bit less of a story. He says, again, the kingdom of heaven, this is Jesus again, is like a net that was thrown into the sea and gathered fish of every kind. When it was full, men drew it ashore and sat down and sorted the good into containers, but threw away the bad. 
So it will be at the end of the age. The angels will come out and separate the evil from the righteous and throw them into the fiery furnace. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. There it is again. Now, here's another quick picture. It's a little bit more of a modern picture, okay? But this kind of gives you a sense of the dragnet, right? And, and, and there's a lot of fishermen, and the, so they're right there on the Sea of Galilee. And, and so they knew a lot of Jesus' own disciples were fishermen. And they would go out, and they would spread the net, right? A huge area, wherever they thought there might be schools of fish. And they would, they would enclose as many fish as they possibly could get. Bring it up, and in there, you can't throw a dragnet out and hope, right, that, okay, get me that fish. I don't want that fish. No, no, no. You get what you get, and then you sort it out, right? This is too small. This is, ugh, we can't. That's not edible. We don't want to eat that. And you throw away that which you do not want, and then you keep in the containers those you do. And so Jesus says that just like the harvest, there will come that day where their own examination will take place. Those inside the kingdom will be kept those out, there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And so between these two parables, what do we make of these great stories, these serious, sobering stories? As fun as that might have been at first, like, oh, there's an enemy and there's seed and there's weeds and there's, right? Then it just gets real serious, weeping and gnashing of teeth. Well, I think um, these parables they both ask a question of us and they answer a question that I think all of us either have or should have. And so the main point of this, right, is that that day is coming, right? There's, there is a harvest coming or the, the sorting, the examination, the reapers. It's coming. We call, the Bible calls it the day of Christ, the day of the Lord, the day of judgment, right? It is coming. Now, we don't know exactly when. These were never meant to be taught to us, so we go in our basement and get all the, the dates out and start getting the scrolls and don't eat for a week because we're trying to figure out when they end. Jesus said, you're not going to know the day or the hour. Stop trying to figure it out. That was never why he taught it. So we'd say, oh, I think it's that. He taught it to us for a very specific reason, right? Because that day is coming. It's fixed in the future. We do not know exactly when, but we know it's going to come. So why does he want us to know it? Because he wants us to ask the question, how does the future harvest affect your right now? How does it affect my right now? See, what the harvest coming means that there will be a judgment. There will be an examination. There will be, all will stand, no matter what. Any, I'm not really religious. I'm going to sit this one out. No, no, no. Everyone, whether they like it or not, will come before the living God and be judged, examined. Are you in the kingdom or not? And so I know that's not really in vogue to teach in churches today. We like to kind of keep it on the surface level. But there's really nothing more important to know there is going to come a day that all of us will face this, right? And, and, and so that's why he's telling this parable, but not so we can say, oh, I think it's next Tuesday, right? I think it's, you know, November or whatever the day after the election is, right? Or hopefully the day before. It's not, that, that's not why he's telling. He's telling us because it's supposed to impact your present your daily life, when you get up and leave here tonight, what are you going to, right? Because think about it. This is very normal for us. Big days in your life, big days, they affect your present. Think about a wedding day. we got people in the church right now that are engaged and looking forward to a day of a wedding. 
If not, if you're married, you, you probably remember before that. All the preparation that goes on. You don't get to the day you're getting married and go, oh, man, where are we going to have this thing, right? Like, do you, do you have a dress? Because what should I wear? There's a few people that operate that way. Not smart. Right? What are we going to do? Right? No. It affects your money, your time, your passion. You're thinking about it. You talk about it. You plan. Right? Because it's a big day. Your first child, I mean, all your, the births, but your first child, that's a game changer, right? I mean, you don't, you, you don't have your baby born and you go, honey, uh, should I pick up a crib on the way home? Right? No, you make a nursery. You, you, uh, you, you, you get the crib, you have showers and diapers are ready and read the books and all the articles and everyone's got advice for you and you're ready because it's a huge game-changing day. Right? Some think are looking forward to that election day. That's going to change everything. So it informs how I think, how I might, what I might read or listen to, or how it changes how I am because of that day that's coming. And so nothing wrong with those days, right? But Jesus would say the day, the harvest, it's like, man, it's like Jupiter next to poor Pluto that they don't even call a planet anymore. That's how big this day is. And so if we know it's coming, we believe it's coming, it should change our present, shouldn't it? Otherwise, we're just kind of soaring in the wind and, I don't know, what happens, it happens. He's like, no, right? Be ready for it and let it change you now, today. How you think, how you treat people, how I spend my money, my time, my affections, what I do, because I know Man, that day is coming. And so it asks us that question. How does it affect us? So what does that look like to, um, to let it impact my present? I think the first thing, um, and, I, and I'd really just sum it up with this, prioritize Jesus, and let me explain. The first thing is you, it's so important that we let God examine us. No one likes an examination. It's a tests, right, or exam by the doctor. You feel vulnerable. You feel weak. You feel like you don't, right? No one really likes, but they are all important, right? And this is the most important. Lord, examine me. Where am I at? Even, like, I don't like doing it either, but it happens. I, there are times, this happened just the other day. I, was in, I can tell you I was in my kitchen. I don't even remember why I started thinking like this, but I started, like, because this will happen to me. I'm like, do I really believe this? And I know I'm a pastor. Let me, let me come down here, okay? I'm not, not supposed to say things like that. But I, I, I think I do. But then I'm like, but am I more in love with the church, the ministry? Am I more in love with the people, uh, uh, the comfort that it brings, right? And, and, and you start, because, man, if I'm going to be honest, there's times where my, I have so many doubts and my life's a, feels to me like I'm not getting it, right? I feel like a train wreck. I still struggle with that. I'm still broken in that area. Yeah, I've grown in that area, but, right? And can anyone relate to that? And you, and you feel like, man, do I, am I really in Christ? Because I don't want to be a weed. I really don't, right? I want to be part of the wheat for, uh, harvest. And, and man, as, I, and I, as I'm in, in my kitchen, I'm standing there and I'm feeling the weight of that. The Holy Spirit just reminded me of something, and it was by a question. And the question was, do you love Jesus? And I was just like, that I can answer. 
100%. Yes. I love Jesus. I seek more of Jesus. I like to dive into the word of Jesus. I, I, I love how that Jesus allows me to, to get closer to the Father, and he sends the Holy Spirit, and I love, like, all the, you can, the accuser, speaking of the enemy, you can come and say, your life here, Jamie, and you should be this way, and you should be that way, but one thing he can never say is that I don't love Jesus, because I do, and I know I do. And so when you examine your heart, you say, do I want, I know I'm a train wreck some days and I screw up and I got to regularly confess, like Bob was just saying, repent, right? I know I got to do that, but no one can ever take away the fact that I want to seek after Jesus. And as you examine, you let God examine you, you know, yes, I'm part of the wheat harvest. As I prioritize Jesus, how do you do that? Because you know that day is coming. Get, seek his word more. Seek him in worship more. Praying in the name of Jesus more. Right? Being around the people of God more. And increase your affections. See if there's issues. Right? Examination happens the more we prioritize who Jesus is. And here's the thing. When that comes to bear on our souls, there are definitely, and there might even be one or two or more in this room right now, or if you really do that, you really let God do that, you might say, I don't know, I might be a, a weed. Right? I go to church or I say, but I, I really don't know if I love I really don't feel that I do. You see, the problem is, is sometimes we lie to ourselves more than anyone lies to us. And you don't ever want to do that because it can be a scary place to be to say, I'm not sure I'm in Christ. But here's the thing with that. <laughs> and it's like every, every time I went over my message and got to this part, like I get so emotional because I think of this harvest and this idea of, of patience, that God's waiting, right? Because here's, here's the thing. If you're a Christian, and I am, and we're constantly saying, why are you waiting, Jesus? Come, Lord Jesus, come, Right? so sick of the evil. I'm so sick of this brokenness. I just hate this sin. I hate, uh, just come already. Let the kingdom just come to fruition. Why are you waiting? This parable teaches us why. That he might be just waiting for you. And God at the right time, like we sang today, at the right time is when Jesus will come back and the harvest will come. And so if that's you, <laughs> he said, he who seeks will find. If you knock, the door will be open. If you call on the name of the Lord, you will be saved. He might just be waiting for you to turn to him. And so if you feel like a weed, it is not too late for you. He might be waiting because he's turning you into the wheat harvest to be part of that which is going to be brought into the barn and shine like the sun. Who doesn't want that? The kingdom, the seed, the sons of the kingdom. Is that you? And so it, it, as we prioritize Jesus, I think that's the main focus of this um, story, that you, both stories really, is that this time is going to come, this day is going to come. And, and, it, and it presents that question, but I think it also answers a question. And, and, and that's a question that you've all asked. I've even just alluded to it a second ago, right? Like, why is there so much evil in the world? If the kingdom is here, 
why all of this? Why this garbage? Why these people who hate God? Why, like, it makes no sense that, that Jesus would bring the kingdom and then he says, okay, I'm coming again. The already not yet, we call it. It's already here, but the, the beauty of that kingdom, it's still awaiting, right? The day of the harvest. Like, why is he waiting? That's, that he answers that question, right? He answers that question. He says, because at the right time, the harvest will be ready. I can't dig up now. What if I harvested before you were a believer, Jamie? And so be patient. Instead of, um, uh, the, the, in, instead of being furious and angry and fearful, be patient and hopeful. Because that hope is in that day. The hope is in the Lord who will come. And he's being patient. We need to be patient too. And in the meantime, recognize that story the, the wheat and the weeds. There is an enemy. As you're waiting in hope, in patience, prioritizing Jesus, there's an enemy. And he sows people all around the world and around you and in your life. And here's the thing about that. They look good, don't they? They look good. I wish, look, I wish... As scary as this would be, the devil sewed a gigantic man with a hockey mask and a machete, all right? Because I know to run from that guy. <laughs> I'm running, and I, hopefully I'm outrunning that guy because that guy's terrifying, right? That's not how he works. He sews under the cover of darkness, right? The, the Bible says he's like an angel of the light, and he sows that which at first you can't tell if it's wheat or weeds. And so there's going to be uh, people sown into your life, if you're part of the wheat harvest in the Son of the Kingdom, right, that will look good, and it's not. So what do you do? Not only that, but it will not just always just look good, or I think that's really good. This person really seems to have what's best for me. But also there's counterfeit Christians look like the wheat in churches all over the place, including it's not much of a pulpit, but you get what I mean. In the pulpit, or writers, or singers. And we want to give them the benefit of the doubt. They sound so good, right? But there's all kinds of examples. I'll give you two quick ones, and the reason I can give you two is because they, they've abandoned the faith. So we know they were imposters, right? The, um, if you were a, a teenager in the, the 90s, you knew who Joshua Harris was. He wrote this best-selling book called I Kissed Dating Goodbye. He became a megachurch pastor, wrote other books, was incredibly influential to an entire generation, pretty recently divorced his wife and has completely renounced the faith, made sure no one can buy his book again, and he says, I do not believe any of that. He didn't leave the faith. As John said in one of his letters, they went out from us because they were never one of us. But think about how many were influenced by somebody. The, the theological cracks were there. If people wanted to listen, but they didn't. It's like, no, but the, he's good, right? Another one is Rob Bell. Maybe you've heard of him. He was very influential in youth ministry as well. Also a mega church pastor. He recently wrote a book a few years ago called Love Wins. And was basically denying almost all of historical biblical Christianity. He still says he's a Christian, but not in any form that we would recognize from biblical truth. Who are these people? They are sown 
weeds that look like wheat to corrupt and lead us astray. Now, I'm not saying this for you to become paranoid, right? But instead, the more you prioritize Jesus, the more you recognize his word, his truth, and around people who do, you're going to recognize when there's an imposter in your life. Just because it feels good or I think this is good doesn't mean it's good for you. Right? Be careful. Does it line up with Scripture? Even me. Right? It's like, oh, he seems like a good guy. He's preaching this message. It sounds pretty good. If it's not backed up and immersed in the, got one here somewhere under the weed, all right, the Scriptures, right, then tell me to take a hike. And if you can't do that, at least take a hike yourself. Because <laughs> the devil is very active of sowing people into your life that seem good and they tear you away from the things of Christ. Prioritize him. Be patient. Keep your hope in that day. But also be watchful. So I want to pray for us as we conclude. And just, as like I always do, try to pray for different um, just types of people that we might have in this room, including me. Those who are afraid that, you, you know, I might be a weed. Or those, you know, I know I'm in Christ, but man, I, I'm feeling fearful or I'm feeling angry or I'm losing focus or maybe there's, you don't even know, but there's people in your life who are, who are sown there to cause distraction and disturbance. I want to pray for you and, and ask you to also be praying for others who are in this room, including me, that, that God would reveal that to us. Let's pray. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I just thank you so much. Thank you that he would sow a wheat harvest that includes me. Lord, would you remind everyone, including me in this room, that we do not make ourselves into wheat. You do it by your grace. All we can ever do is surrender to you, trust in you, seek you, prioritize you, put our joy in you. Lord, would you remind us that that day is coming? That day is coming. And it's my prayer that everyone in this room will be there in the barn, will be there in your kingdom, shining your glory. What joy, what happiness what power, what holiness, and that there won't be a single one in this room that will be weeping and gnashing their teeth. Lord, I pray that if anyone is here and they just want you, Jesus, that you would reveal in their heart right now they can have you. All they need to do, all they need to do is surrender in faith. Jesus, save me. And you'll make them a son of the kingdom. Lord, I pray your protection upon each person here if there's someone or people or situations that are sown in and around our lives, that are sown by the evil one under the, under the disguise of night, looks good to us, feels good at first, looks like wheat, but Lord, it isn't, and you know it isn't. Would you open our eyes that we might not be blinded, that we would see it for what it is, protect us from it. Lord, I pray that that future day would impact our present day. Reveal those areas 
that we're living as if that day wasn't coming and show us how to live better because we know it's coming. It's not a wedding day. It's not an election day or a birthday. It's the day of the harvest. Let us look eagerly to it. And God, I pray this, your mercy and your love upon us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's stand and sing. The King of Kings. Thank you for listening to the Cornerstone Church podcast. To listen to more messages or check out our church, please visit cornerstonebv.org. If you are looking for a church home in the Blackstone Valley, please join us on a Sunday morning at either 9 or 11. We are a gospel-centered church where our lives are transformed by the power of God's Word.